earning about $1,000 a day, which the equivalent today would be $29,051 a day. <sighs> I can't even, I can barely make that in a year. Jesus. Holy crap. I'm not jealous. You're jealous. No, yeah. Just, uh, yeah, I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to I was going to try to argue it, but no, yeah, I'm jealous. <laughs> Forget that. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Allied Rebels. We are your hosts. I'm Dee. And I'm Roxy. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> How's it going, Dee? It's going. Good, good. How, how about you? How about you? Good. It's going good. Well, we are getting back to some spoopy stuff this episode. Ooh. We're going to be talking about the Winchester Mansion. Sorry, I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. You know, I love me some spooky stuff. So, to get it started, what's new with you, Roxy? I haven't been playing any video games, but I kind of got into bullet journaling or bujo if you're in the know. I'm not in the know. (laughs) Fill in. Um, Basically, the simple idea of it is just to get more organized. Mm -hmm. And the idea of bullet journaling is literally just making bullet points. It's really minimalistic. But it's branched out to be something super cool where people are super creative with their planners, basically. Um, And then I did watch the old Jurassic Park movies. So I had seen them all, I know for a fact. But it's been so long that I didn't really remember much of them, to be honest. So it was kind of like watching them for the first time all over again. Uh, But I forgot how good the first one is. It was so good. Yeah. Um, you know, after you said that, I can't remember the last time I watched the original first two Jurassic Park. I almost said Farks. <laughs> yeah, you know, English and me go hand in hand. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I can't, I can't remember either. Yeah, so same thing. Um, I hadn't watched them in a very long time and I never watched them in theaters. I only ever watched them on the TV. It'd be like on TBS or whatever channel had them. Back in the day, I'm talking about like when I was, you know. I don't know if I even saw them in the theaters. Yeah. I don't think I did. But uh, they're really fun. And uh, Jeff Goldblum makes the movies. He's fucking hilarious. And I like the three of them, but the first one's definitely my favorite. So I also haven't seen the ones with Chris Pratt, the newer ones. So I'm excited to see them. And that's the whole reason why I've been watching them from the beginning. And then the next one we're going to watch is Jurassic World. And then we're eventually going to go see the one in the theaters. So, Uh, but yeah. I just love dinosaurs. I remember I wanted to be a paleontologist when I was little. So right. that was in second grade, that was my career choice. So Yeah, I wanted to be one too until I found out that it was more than just digging for dinosaur bones and you had to be out in the hot sun for a long period of time. So I said, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, and, and, and even then, it's not as glamorous as Jurassic Park makes no. it seem. It's a lot of writing books and dissertations and and yeah. doing like speeches. And I'm, I I don't know, no thanks. But, but but then I got older and I thought maybe I do want to go into paleontology because you know it actually is interesting. I like all that. I have to write what 
nope, I'm out. Yep. I'm out. <laughs> I have to talk in front of people? What? I have to do a presentation on what? Why? I have good grades. Why do I have to talk in front of people again? Why do I have to prove myself to you? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, anyway. But yeah, I've uh, just been doing that. And I've also been watching the Marvel series, like the Jessica Jones. I finished the first oh, season. Yeah. Super good ending to that. And since we're watching chronologically, now we're back to season two of Daredevil. Oh, um, okay, Or as okay. I call it, Dared Evil. Because <laughs> he dared evil. And uh, yeah, he's definitely <laughs> become one of my favorite Marvel superheroes. Yeah. It's so good. That whole theme of the show, it's amazing. It's just right now, like, the Punisher's on. And I'm like, oh, I want to dislike him, but I actually really like him. Because there's just, like, good points to everything, you know. Who, the Punisher good, or the yeah. Daredevil? both they both have the same goal but it becomes really the way they do it yeah Yeah, i mean you get like really philosophical and ethical and moral about it it's just Mm -hmm. it's so cool but anyway uh but what about you d uh well i'm still playing sword and shield yeah still slightly addicted to it it's been i've been weaning off of it you know trying to actually live a human life I'm over here like, please don't get over it because I will eventually jump on it. And I, <laughs> I feel like by the time I do, you're going to be like, um, what? I'm, I'm already on this other at... game. Yeah, yeah, Um, I have not been on Animal Crossing in over a month. Me either. Me either. And it makes me sad because I see it. I'm like, oh, Animal Crossing. Oh, but shield. So I'll start. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, once you're a millionaire there, what really can you do? Uh, multi-millionaire. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Once you're a multi-millionaire. Okay. We rub it in. And I got my five-star island multiple times. So, so I you like, beat the game, basically. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then also D&D in the campaign that we've been playing for over two years now. We're finally on my part of the campaign. Oh, yeah. But I've gotten so used to being a side character that when people ask me questions, I'll like look to the people who've been the like lead characters in the game. And go, oh, oh wait, they're asking me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I have to make decisions now. So yeah, like I'm I'm like a supporting role character. That's my life more. I'm slightly better at that than being the main character. So yeah, all pish posh. Anyway, it, it's been super fun though. Like the more we get into it, the more I start being more comfortable being like a lead person. And I have to try to remember that it's not me, that it's a character. So like, yeah. Yeah. I think I told you I struggle with that, but uh, I do think it's cool that people can actually make a whole other entity than mm-hmm. themselves and handle that and play with that. Now I will say I'm about to do a vampire game. And one of the downsides to the clan that I chose, there's like over like overly sexualized and who I don't know if I could do that part, but like they're the creative ones. I'm like, that's me. And then the sexualized part, I'm like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) is that your character asexual? Demisexual. There you go. Okay. Time for the news. All right. So in games, we have this game called Silt. 
It's an adventure indie horror game coming out June 1st. And it's coming out on everything, you know, Windows, Switch, PlayStation 4 and 5, Xbox One, and the Xbox Series X and Series S. Dive into Silt's herring ocean abyss and unravel long forgotten mysteries. Explore the dangerous waters, possess sea creatures, and solve puzzles to travel deeper into the darkness. Uh, this game looks so freaking cool. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be, um, I know I've already talked about this before, but yeah, I wanted to be a marine biologist uh, when I was younger. But this game, it's super cool. It's like a, kind of like a, what we were saying, a side-scrolling game. It's like a gray scale tone. Yes, it's very similar to Limbo, like in the side-scrolling and it's all black, white, gray scale. Oh, never heard of that mm-hmm. one. That's cool. It's, I've played Limbo. Oh. It's, it's fun. Is a puzzle game, and you know, when you get further on, it's harder. Yeah, and I think that's pretty much the same promise. It seems like you get deeper and deeper into the ocean, and that is where these monster like creatures are. Scary skeletons. Yes, yes, <laughs> basically, yeah. And like, as I was watching it, I had these like, um, these sound proof or what what are they called the um noise canceling yeah i had the noise canceling headphones on and i started getting chills started getting kind of creeped out with it um but yeah it looks really cool i liked it it did it i agree it does look pretty freaking awesome yeah we also have mario strikers battle league that's a sports action coming out on june 10th of course on the switch Introducing Strike, a 5-on-5 soccer-like sport with no rules. Do whatever it takes to win. Get greedy and try to score the most goals by tackling enemies, using items, and pulling off score-boosting hyper-strikes. That looks super fun. I guess chaos reigns in this one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it looks super cool. It's like a typical Mario Party type game to me. Oh, okay, okay. So, yeah, it's basically kind of like soccer, but obviously Mario style. You know, yeah. you got shells, you got all these other things. Bananas. Um, yeah. Um, they have their typical roster. Mario, Luigi, Bowser, Peach, Toad. But is there Waluigi? You know That's what? That's what everyone wants to know. I saw Wario. Of but... course you saw Wario, but where's Waluigi? I know, he is a fan favorite. And you know what's interesting is that Daisy was not on the main roster either. They had Rosalina Ooh. instead. Um, so I thought that was interesting because I actually like Daisy and I actually picked too. her. So that was a weird choice. But mm, yeah. Wow. Get rid of the brunette. Hmm, wonder why. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Hey, brunettes have fun too, okay? Just saying. They have more fun. We just keep it under wraps. <laughs> I always forget that you are brunette, but to me, you're always like a dirty blonde. So you always say that. I it's know. Like, no. You're right. You're right. <laughs> and then we have The Quarry, and this is an adventure horror game coming out June 10th on PlayStation 4 and 5, Xbox One, and Xbox Series X, Series S, and on the PC. When the sun goes down on the last night of summer camp, nine teenage counselors are plunged into an unpredictable night of horror. The only thing worse than the blood-drenched locals and creatures hunting them are the unimaginable choices you must make to help them survive. Oh, dude, this one looks super badass. It reminds me so much of Until Dawn, and I so stoked for it because the other games that Dark Pictures came out with that were similar to Until Dawn were okay. But this one, 
Oh. Yeah. It's super cool. It's got that whole 80s vibe. It kind of got like Stranger Things vibes mm-hmm. from it. Um, 80s. And you got some big names like David Arquette. He's one of the characters named Chris on there. Um, and it's, it's interesting. I like the concept of it. So I do like that it does happen to be co-op. There's like two different ways you can play co-op. One is like where people are watching you and they help you make decisions. Like they'll tell you to yes do this or no or whatever. And then the other one is like actual co-op where you're actually playing the same game together. So uh, this is definitely going to be a game that we're going to play. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty we, sure. We probably have to get that on PC instead of the PlayStation then. Yeah. So there's not much of the way in movies coming out. Um... Like, literally, one. Um, <laughs> that you're willing to see anyway. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's other ones that look really good, but they're, like, very limited releases. So, the only one I can really talk about is, funnily enough, Jurassic World Dominion. And it is PG-13, coming out on June 10th. Dominion takes place four years after Isla Nublar has been destroyed. Dinosaurs now live <laughs> and hunt <laughs> alongside humans <laughs> all over the world. Hmm. Yeah, that's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> this fragile balance will reshape the future and determine once and for all whether human beings are to remain the apex predators on a planet they now share with history's most fearsome creatures. Oh, yeah, badass. And in case you guys didn't know, it's bringing back a bunch of old cast. Yes, I did see the trailer. I like Dr. Grant's there uh-huh. and Dr. Uh, Ellie Sattler. Yeah. yeah. And so when you were talking about how you were watching, I was like, oh, yeah. That one's coming <laughs> out. I'm actually excited about that Oh, one. yeah. And of course, uh, how can you forget? Jeff, Jeff Goldblum. Goldblum. Yeah. You know, when I was younger, like, I didn't like Jeff Goldblum. But I think that's only because my mom didn't like Jeff Goldblum. And now that I'm like, I get his humor. He's funny. I can see how people find him very attractive, but... Well, did you ever see The Fly? Yeah. (laughs) You're like, yeah, I don't get it. (laughs) (laughs) But no, no, no. I didn't get it until I watched his older stuff and not The Fly. But like his humor to me makes him attractive. Gotcha. Yeah. So He's very quirky and charming. Yes. Yeah. And that's my style of humor. So if you have that style of humor... (laughs) <laughs> hit me up <laughs> that's what D's saying yes um, <laughs> uh, okay let's get to the topic at hand it's a wonder this is the little introduction to the Winchester Mansion Mystery House from their website the Winchester Mystery House is an architectural wonder and historical landmark in San Jose, California that was once the personal residence of Sarah Lockwood Party Winchester, an heiress to a large portion of the Winchester repeating arms fortune. Guys, sorry, I'm just such a nerd for anything haunted, okay? You don't understand. It doesn't even have to be real haunted. Even if it's fake content that has a good story, I don't care. I still love it. You're just here for a good, juicy story. Yes! <laughs> Give me the goss. All right. Let's get on with the goss then. So we'll start off from the beginning. 
Sarah Lockwood Pardee was born in 1839, although some sources say 1840. She probably says 1840. <laughs> she probably say 1849, okay? Thank you. Right. Hey, uh, Queensley. Yeah. <laughs> She was born in New Haven, Connecticut, to Sarah Burns and Leonard Pardee. Her father was a successful carriage manufacturer, and her mother was popular in upper New Haven society. Her father also ran a progressive household, holding court with prominent abolitionists and free thinkers of the day. So he was like the fun dad of the block. Yeah, I thought it was very interesting because raising a girl back then to be a free thinker... <laughs> What are you doing? Yeah, um, excuse me. Um, this is like the 1800s. What are you talking about? Yeah. No, I agree. That's pretty badass. Hell yeah. The family ensured that their seven children were well-rounded. Sarah learned four languages as a child and was admitted to the Young Ladies Collegiate Institute at Yale College. This is giving me like super Gilmore Girl vibes right now. I can barely speak English half the time. And this girl, as a child, knew four languages. I know, right? <laughs> I wonder what the languages were. That's pretty right? cool. Right? It doesn't say. Yeah. Influenced by this environment, Sarah developed into an excellent student, demonstrating proficiency in musical composition, math, and science. So she's pretty awesome. Yep. She had that steam going on. Mm-hmm. Growing to a petite 410... She's very little. She's less. And 95 pounds. <laughs> a foot and an inch shorter than me. Yeah. <laughs> she also developed a reputation as one of the area's great young beauties, nicknamed the Belle of New Haven. Ooh! She sounds so fancy. Girl, get it. Heck yeah. Her high position in society put Sarah in an excellent position for marriage to an equally privileged man. Hmm, I wonder who she's going to marry. Well, let's find out. On September 30th, 1862, Sarah married fellow New Haven resident William Winchester, whom she had likely known since childhood. Her father-in-law, Oliver, was a co-owner of the Winchester Davis Shirt Manufactory, and William was being groomed, ooh, not in the bad way. Oh, okay. To take over the company. <laughs> However, Oliver had also developed an interest in the firearms business. And after taking control of the Volcanic Arms Company, he established the Winchester Repeating Arms Company in 1866. William soon sold his interest in the shirt company and became secretary of the Winchester Repeating Arms. Which... I didn't know any of that. I thought they started the Winchester Repeating Arms Company from the ground up. I didn't know there was a company before that, so I was pretty interested in finding this stuff out. Yeah. The family business became immensely successful. Its Winchester Model 1873 rifle was known as the gun that won the West, and the company sold more than 700,000 rifles from that year through 1916. Whew, which, I don't know if you know this, but back in that day, that almost felt like one per every person who lived in America. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, that was a lot. A lot, a lot of guns. Mm -hmm. Buffalo Bill Cody and Annie Oakley celebrated their prowess with their Winchesters, as did President Theodore Roosevelt. 
So, yeah, the gun was pretty popular amongst a lot of people. Yeah, it kind of seems like they were the apple of guns back then. Oh my gosh, you are right. If you guys would have seen the dorky face I just made in that realization. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, but that name too is pretty badass. It is, it is. But is it only that badass because of the Winchesters from Supernatural? Well, I mean, I don't know. It just seems like a very solid, sturdy name to me. Like old timey. Uh, yeah, yeah. I can see it. I can see old it. Old money, too. Oh, very old money. <laughs> <laughs> like, I only have old money because I found it at the bottom of a drawer. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the old money Aww. that they were, but. Aww. <laughs> So we don't know much about their married life, but what we can assume was that she wasn't forced to marry him. And obviously they knew each other from childhood. So, you know, it's safe to say that they liked each other and it was a pretty good marriage for the most part. But unfortunately, she did go through some hardships. So in June of 1866, Sarah gave birth to her daughter, whom she named Annie. However, the baby died just six weeks later of an illness known as marasmus, a disease where the body wastes away due to severe malnutrition. And the Winchesters had no more children after this. I can imagine I, it's pretty traumatic. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if, like, if that happened to my first child. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'd probably be in the same boat as her. Like, just, I, I wouldn't be able to handle it again because what if my next child was yeah. the same way I would be able to handle losing another one. I agree. And then in March of 1881, William passed due to a long battle with tuberculosis. Sarah inherited a 50% stake in the company worth approximately $20 million, which in today's money would be the equivalent of $580 million. <laughs> Just petty cash, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. Chump change. Yeah. <laughs> and earning about $1,000 a day, which the equivalent today would be $29,051 a day. <sighs> I can't even... I can barely make that in a year. Jesus. Holy crap. I'm not jealous. You're jealous. No, yeah. Just... Uh, yeah, I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna <laughs> I was going to try to argue it, but no, yeah, I'm jealous. <laughs> Forget that. <laughs> so, we're going to move on to the infamous Winchester Mansion itself. Yeah. <laughs> okay, sorry. Get it together, D. Keep it together, man. Got this. Got this. You got this. Personal pep talk. Okay. <laughs> In 1886, Winchester bought a 40-acre plot of land in San Jose, California, which included an eight-room cottage. That's it. Gotta <laughs> add on to that. And thus, the story began of the Winchester Minstery. Why am I saying Minstery? Mystery House. Chimney H. Cricket. Chimney H. Cricket, the third junior. <laughs> So there are two stories on how this started, on what took place. One of the stories of events says that Sarah wanted to start fresh after all of her misfortunes and decided to move to California with her extended family. As far as the expansion goes, it is explained that it was simply repairs due to damage done by the earthquake that rocked her house along with many others on April 18, 1906. Some say she only repaired the house enough to make the house livable again, 
and she was not focused on how it looked or functioned. <clears throat> Wake up, sheeple, but we know the real reason. <laughs> yeah, you guys. The real reason why she did this. <laughs> Let's put on our tinfoil hats, guys. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> I love it. <sighs> so, newly possessed, uh, possessed. <laughs> well, see? I mean, kind of. See? Yeah. Yeah. It's sheeple. Uh, Newly in possession of a massive fortune and struggling with the loss of her husband and daughter, she sought the advice of a medium. She hoped perhaps to get advice from beyond as to how to spend her fortune or on what to do with her life. Which I heard that a lot of people did that during that time period. Yep. People wanted answers. You know, it was a different time. And they turned a lot to like spiritual and mediums and things like that. Yeah, that was before the church really poo-pooed it. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know. Anyway. <laughs> Though the exact specifics remain between Sarah Winchester and her medium, the story goes that the medium was able to channel the nearly... Nearly... <laughs> the nearly departed ugh, nearly ugh. and dearly departed <laughs> <laughs> the dearly departed William who advised Sarah to leave her home in New Haven, Connecticut and head west to California as far as what to do with her money William answered that too she was to use the fortune to build a house for the spirits of those who had fallen victim to the Winchester rifles lest she be haunted by them for the rest of her life Ooh. Yeah, yeah, you see, this is why this is the real story. <laughs> why else would there be a haunted mansion still? Mm -hmm. Think about it, people. You mean sheeple? Yes. <laughs> Another source says the reason she needed to keep building the home was to pacify the spirits of the dead or to confuse evil spirits who had been wronged by the Winchester family. She allegedly communicated with ghosts in her seance room to receive instructions on how to design the unusual interior. Which, there's some pretty dang unusual interior in that house. Mm -hmm. Sarah reportedly employed construction teams to work round the clock. Supposedly, but some sources said that was very true and some said it wasn't. But, you know, I mean, she had a lot of money, so she could probably afford it. $29,000 a day. Yeah, she good. <laughs> she good, fam. <laughs> so over the next 20 years, at a cost of approximately $5 million, the cottage was rebuilt into a massive mansion covering an area of 24,000 square feet. Anyone who set foot in the home could tell that no expense had been spared. Yeah, so 24,000 feet from an eight-room cottage. God. Jesus hate Christ. <laughs> Sarah insisted that the home be built exclusively out of red wood. However, she didn't like the look of the wood, so she insisted it to be covered with a stain and a faux grain. Wait, redwood is beautiful, Sarah. We got problems. <laughs> <laughs> what can you say? She's a very eclectic, classy lady. Yeah. By the time the house was completed, over 20,000 gallons of paint had been used to cover the wood. Wood. That's a ton of paint. Mm -hmm. You know how much lead is probably in that paint? Don't go look in those walls. You don't want to know. You don't want to <laughs> Don't find eat out. the paint chips. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Gold and silver chandeliers hung from the ceilings above hand-inlaid parquet flooring. 
dozens of artful stained glass windows created by Tiffany and Company dotted the walls, some designed by Tiffany himself. One window in particular, which I thought this part was really cool, was intended to create a prismatic rainbow effect on the floor when light flowed through it. But of course, the window ended up being used on an interior wall, and thus the effect was never achieved. But how cool would that have been? Oh my gosh. I freaking love stained glass. Me too. Like in the museum that's by us, one of my favorite parts is to just go back and see the really old stained glass that they have back there. I'm just like, it's so pretty. Mm -hmm. I love stained glass. Me too. Love it. Even more luxurious in the fixtures was the plumbing and electrical work. Where for the time, the Winchester Mystery House boasted indoor plumbing and included coveted hot running water. We fancy here. <laughs> yeah, this we is fancy like, bitches. Yeah, this is like the four stars or what's it called? The you four seasons? Yeah. <laughs> this is the, the four stars. stars. I was like, wait, hold on. I know what she's saying. <laughs> yeah. I know what she's saying. You're right. Yeah. That's how classy I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the four seasons hotel. Um, and push button gas lighting was available throughout the home as well. Additionally, forced air heating flowed throughout the house. So, she was, like, set. Yeah, she was. She was like, I'm going to be comfortable and evade ghostesses. Yes. We're going to be cool while we're doing this, okay? Um, I did read that she liked to wear black dresses a lot. Mm -hmm. Like, the really pretty Victorian poofy black dresses. So, I mean... That's another thing that I read, though. Was she wore it to mourn the loss of her daughter and her husband. I know that was a, a thing that they did a lot back then, like, especially mm -hmm. coming from Victorian times. That's how they mourned. Yeah, so. I had um, a professor when I was in obviously college. Um, <laughs> she lost her identical twin sister a year before, and she said that she only was going to wear black for a full year after she passed. And the first day she didn't wear black when she came back, she was wearing her sister's favorite color. I was just like. <laughs> and she was one of my favorite professors too Aww. so it was just like I, yeah we hugged and we cried together yeah but it, it was, was just sad. like it was a happy sad Aww. yeah in its heyday some parts of the home stood seven stories tall expansion did slow down however after the san francisco earthquake of 1906 which toppled a seven-story tower and the upper floors of the mansion the heiress spent most of her final two decades at another home in nearby Atherton, leaving part of the Winchester house in disrepair. Atherton, though, that sounds very fancy. It reminds me of, like, Downton Abbey. <laughs> yeah, it really, really does. And I completely forgot about, like, when I was watching a documentary about this, because shut up, um, <laughs> I forgot that she was living in another house. She didn't even stay at the Winchester Mansion. She would only come supposedly for seances. We don't know which one it is. Wink, right, sheeple? Um, because she felt too overwhelmed when she would stay there. So yeah. she had to live in another place. I can imagine. She basically was solely building this mansion for the ghosts of the people who fall into the Winchester rifle. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, honestly, she was so rich that I'm surprised she didn't have more homes than just the one in Atherton as well. I mean, maybe she didn't. We just didn't find out about it. True. But 
all things must come to an end, and Sarah sadly passed away from congestive heart failure on September 5th, 1922. Since her death, little has been uncovered about Sarah Winchester and the reasoning behind her obsession with building the Winchester Mystery House. She gave no interviews, left behind no journals, and had no family willing to speak about her. At the time of her death, construction ceased, and the house has been completed with 160 rooms, 2,000 doors, 10,000 windows, 47 stairways, 47 fireplaces, 13 bathrooms, 6 kitchens, and 3 elevators, secret passageways, upside-down columns, staircases to nowhere, and sealed-off rooms litter this bizarre and creepy mansion. There's literally also doors that lead outside where nothing else is. You open the door, goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) It's her escape, like her uh, emergency exits, okay? Uh, People theorize those doors are like for the evil spirits. You kind of chase them into that room, just go, whoo, open the door. She also made no mention of the mansion in her will, and appraisers considered the house worthless due to the damage caused by the earthquake the unfinished design, and the impractical nature of its construction. It was sold at auction to a local investor for over $135,000 and subsequently leased for 10 years to John and Mamie Brown, who eventually purchased the house. In February 1923, five months after Winchester's death, the house was open to the public with Mamie Brown serving as the first tour guide. Which, this whole ruse of it being haunted could have all just been a way for them to make money too, theoretically. Yeah, because that gives the advice of like just trying to profit off of someone else's grief or something that they went through. And like, how are you going to attract people to something, you know? There's some type of, like, hook there, you know? Mm-hmm. What better way than to be like, yeah, this place is fucking haunted. And there's, like, 500 mazes in there. You got to check it out. Yeah. It's it's a haunted house, man. <laughs> um, but a couple cool things about it is it was added to the National Register of Historical Places. And it was designated a California historical landmark in 1974. Which makes sense, considering how it is now known worldwide. And part of it's just because of the name Winchester, because of the rifles and stuff like that. But the house itself, sometimes people get shivers down their spine just hearing that. So they did a good job marketing. They did. They really did. But if you guys haven't seen it, it is something to look up pictures for. I mean, if you like Victorian times, like this is going to be your house. Seriously. It's really cool. But yeah, I just don't like the Victorian comfort of most houses because no AC. No. Right. <laughs> so that, that part's not so fun. But the look is beautiful. Yes, I concur. But since Sarah's death, visitors have heard footsteps in her bedroom, seen doorknobs turn themselves, been overcome with icy chills and temporary loss of vision. See, this is where we go back around, where we're going from, like, we're thinking, oh, this is just a scam Uh by John and Mamie. And now I'm like, but wait a second. Right. Like, no, there's got to be something to this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people think it's Sarah, but I still don't think it's Sarah because she spent her last 20 years in another house. 
yeah, she put a lot of time and effort into that house, the Winchester Mansion, but she didn't really spend that much time there after she bought it. Yeah. Because she lived in that other house. She'd be there for seances, supposedly. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and that's if she's about opening it. portals, that's what you get. <laughs> I mean, right. you're over there holding seances <laughs> and you're not training this art. You probably she like opened a portal. Closed it. Never yeah. closed it. Yeah. <laughs> Rookie mistake. She's the reason for all the ghosts. Ghosts? <laughs> <laughs> she's the reason for all the ghosts since 1906. Just saying. I'm putting it out there. Thanks, Sarah. Yeah. Thanks, Winchester. But again, another cool thing is the house has been named one of the Time Magazine's top 10 most haunted houses in America. Both guests and employees have claimed to have had real life paranormal experiences. That's super cool. So we have a few stories from a tour manager of the Winchester Mansion. So yeah, there's different kinds of hauntings, and one of them is residual hauntings. And in this type of haunting, a spiritual playback is stuck on repeat. A moment of the past is played back over and over again like a video on loop. The first one is the case of the ghostly handyman. Some of Sarah Winchester's loyal workmen and house servants may still be looking after the place, According to sightings of figures or the feeling of pressure, oh my god, or the feeling of present, oh my god, or the feeling of a presence recorded <laughs> many times over the years by tour guides and visitors alike. One frequent apparition is a man with jet black hair believed to have been a former handyman. He has been seen repairing the fireplace in the ballroom or pushing an equally spectral wheelbarrow if wheelbarrows indeed linger on in the beyond, down a long, dark hallway. Interesting. Yes. We also have intelligent hauntings, and in this type of haunting, there seems to be a consciousness behind the paranormal act, and the spirit is attempting to interact with the living world. Usually, they are no more than gentle tugs on shirts or skirts, so uh, yeah, that's a little spooky. That's fine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Another one of the stories, The Secret of the Invisible Hand. Several years ago, a man working on one of the many restoration projects in the mansion started his day early in a section with several fireplaces known as the Hall of Fires. That sounds creepy enough. That sounds badass too. (laughs) (laughs) The house was dead quiet before tours got underway and he was working up on a ladder when he felt someone tap him on the back. Mm. Okay. (laughs) All right. (laughs) He turned to ask what the person wanted. No one was there. Reassuring himself he just imagined the sensation, he went back to his work, only to experience what felt like someone pushing against his back. That was enough. He hurried down the ladder, crossed the estate, and started on another project, figuring that someone or something didn't want him working in the Hall of Fires that day. I mean, hey, maybe they were saving him from something. That's true, too. Just it's so scary as hell, though. Right. Uh-uh. No touchy. No touchy. <laughs> uh-uh. No touchy. All right, Cusco, chill. <laughs> <laughs> so, shadow figures are another type of haunting, and the most commonly reported supernatural occurrence, and may sometimes feel too real to ignore. The sign of the heavy sigh. 
A tour guide named Samantha recently led visitors to the room, the Daisy Bedroom, where Sarah Winchester was trapped during the 1916, 1916, 1906 quake. Samantha was about to begin her spiel when a very clear sigh came from the small hallway outside the bedroom door. Thinking one of her guests had merely fallen behind, Samantha turned to call to the person into the room, but saw no one. Then, as her eyes adjusted to the darkened hallway, she did see something. The form of a small, dark person slowly emerged. Gliding around the corner, Samantha quickly stepped around the corner and saw nothing again, but heard yet another deep sigh. She felt sure it was the tiny form of Sarah Winchester herself, perhaps peeved to have found people in her favorite bedroom. Yeah, she's like... I'm so bored. You guys get out of here. She's like, I need my resty rest. (laughs) Get out. God, I'm tired of these freaking tours. Yeah. Get out. I can see that. I don't want to see that, but you know what I mean. Yes. I don't know. I'm on the verdict that it's haunted, and that's why she built all those rooms, because there was ghostesses and all that around. I'm on the verdict of... I don't care if it's actually haunted or not. That thing's cool (laughs) as shit. (laughs) Uh, So what does the mansion look like today? Today, it is owned by the Winchester Investment LLC, a privately held company representing the descendants of John and Mamie Brown. The home retains unique touches that reflect Miss Winchester's beliefs on her reported preoccupation with warding off malevolent spirits. The number 13 and spiderweb motifs, which carried spiritual significance for her, occur throughout the house. Tour guides at the house often make claims of Sarah Winchester having patented various architectural features of the house but a simple search of the U.S. Patent and Trademark Database produced zero patents assigned to her. So, what they're basically implying there is they're filthy freaking liars. <laughs> Don't sue me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> bitch, try it. <laughs> see what you get. I'm only reading. I'm only reading. I only did, I only did research. It's fine. Yeah. In 2017... The Winchester Mystery House debuted their first new daytime tour in 20 years. The Explore More Tour. This tour takes guests through rooms never before open to the public and explore rooms left unfinished at the time of Sarah Winchester's death. Ooh, that's awesome. Do you know how freaking excited I was when we did the research for this? Because I haven't like researched the Winchester House in a few years now. I still was under the assumption that you could not go into the, some of those rooms. And now that I know, and I'm going to California soon. You gotta go. I can't, though, because... damn it. <sighs> but it's okay. It's fine. I will go one day. But, oh, I'm so excited. That's awesome. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> I always feel like I have to, like... It's like a call and response thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So, yeah, there are a couple of things to do. Uh, one of them is the Victorian Gardens. Only a couple. Yeah, just a few. Um, so, the Victorian Gardens of Yanada Villa, now known as Winchester Mystery House, have long been admired for their beauty and variety. 
They actually maintain a lot of Sarah's original trees as well as over 10,000 box hedges and hundreds of varieties of tree and plant life. Uh, that's a lot of hedges, dude. That's cool, though. <laughs> that's a lot of uh, keeping things alive when I can barely keep plants alive for like two months. <laughs> <laughs> right or wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you got the dead touch, girl. I do. I do not have a green thumb. <laughs> Uh, we also have axe throwing. Uh, during each session, participants experience a thrill as you throw axes at targets, aiming for a bullseye. After signing a waiver and 15 minutes of coaching, uh, you're ready to throw. And I feel like I would need at least 30 minutes of coaching. I would need 30 yeah. days. Uh, yeah i don't i can't even fucking throw an axe in a video game we're talking about dead island remember yeah let alone in real life holy shit that's scary uh i've always wanted to try it though me too yeah there's also an antique products museum that has many vintage winchester consumer goods on display along with winchester product company advertising posters which show how the winchester products were marketed to the american public back in the day the dizzy mm -hmm. um after world war one the demand for military arms in america was substantially reduced as a result, during the 1920s, the Winchester Repeating Arms Company shifted production to a new and growing market, household and sporting goods. The exhibit also contains costumes from the Winchester film worn by Helen Mirren and Jason Clark. Which, I haven't seen this movie yet, actually. Me neither. But and I, I feel like I need to. Yeah, I do too, but I I did hear it wasn't that good. Yeah, same. But I still kind of want to see it, you know? Yeah. Uh, another cool feature is Sarah's Attic Shooting Gallery and Arcade Games. Guests will enjoy a variety of on-site activities from the vintage arcade games and the all-new Sarah's Attic Shooting Gallery. Sharp-eyed guests can take a rifle in hand to activate 38 known targets, one for every year the incredible mansion was under construction that unleashed the supernatural. To me, that looks fun as hell. Mm -hmm. I want to do it. Damn. That'd be really cool. Then there is Houdini's Spirited Escape. On his nationwide spiritualism tour in 1924, legendary magician Harry Houdini visited the Winchester Mansion in an attempt to debunk its haunted legends. He left with more questions than answers. Be the first to experience the all-new escape room inspired by Houdini's visit to the Winchester Estate. And I freaking love escape rooms. I know you yes, do too. Yes, that is so cool. Oh, I love it. That would be really freaking cool. Can mm -hmm. you imagine? Oh. And if you are spoopy or you just like cool Victorian places, <laughs> you can have weddings or group events or tours or team building events at the Winchester Mystery Mansion. That's awesome. I mean, if my boss said one day, hey, we're flying to San Jose for a team building event, I'd be like, oh, she would have to go D. It's the Winchester Mystery Mansion. I'll be like, I'm not complaining anymore. Cool, let's go. I was just kidding about that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's big enough. 
Uh-huh. I, I think it might just be big enough. 160 rooms. Uh, you know. <laughs> you had to make it work. Yeah, 24,000. <laughs> make it enough. <laughs> but 24,000 square feet. Eh, whatever. <laughs> and the 40 acres. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> on the website, they have cool pictures of weddings outside. Because it's really nice landscaping uh-huh. and all that. So the weather's usually pretty good. I mean, they're in Cali. Mm-hmm. So... But yeah, the house, I mean, it's definitely very popular in pop culture. It's mm-hmm. been shown in a lot of those ghost hunting shows. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them have said, like, yeah, they have witnessed some type of paranormal activity, you know? Yeah, like hearing footsteps or hearing whispers or the sigh or being touched. It literally, like, I think every person that has been there, be it TV, YouTube, streaming services, whatever, Everybody has said something about having experience. Mm-hmm. So now we just have to go. Yeah. <sighs> You're going to twist my arm about it. God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so uh, thanks for joining us. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you for hearing me nerd out about haunting stuff again. Yeah, that was really fun. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Join us next time. Our next episode is going to be about Brendan Fraser and all his movies. You guys have no idea. I freaking love Brendan Fraser. (laughs) He is like my top, like, he's my favorite actor. I love Brendan. And I had for many, many years. I can confirm this. (laughs) So I'm just, mm, I, I didn't even bring up him as a possibility. It was Roxy. So... I'm just saying. (laughs) I didn't force her into it. (laughs) Make sure to follow us on all of our social medias. Twitter, Instagram, and join our Discord. We would love to talk to you guys. Are you ready to book a ticket to San Jose, California? Just, you know, on a limb. Uh, Only if it's first class. (laughs) I don't have the budget for that. (laughs) (laughs) Fine. Let's go. Coach it is. Let's go. <laughs> to the loop, fellow rebels. Wake up, sheeple, but we know the real reason. (laughs) Yeah, you guys. The real reason why she did this. (laughs) Let's put on our tinfoil hats, guys. Let's go.